Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, it's Phil here. We're taking a little bit of a break this week, but I wanted to use this opportunity to revisit some of our best discussions and best episodes. Um, you guys might you know, have real, not realised it, but it's almost been a year since we started podcasting and um, we've been so blessed to have all you guys join us on this journey. Um, we personally started this podcast because we, you know, we had no sense of identity being Asian Australians. Um, so this podcast has taught us a lot about ourselves, but also we've been really, you know, thankful that we received so many comments and, um, you know, from you guys telling us that you listen to the show and that it has helped you navigate your own identities. So I think this podcast has been meant a lot to us, but at the same time, we feel so blessed to be sharing this experience with all of you guys. Um, but nevertheless, we've got some amazing interviews and some discussion topics that we've done in the past year. And yeah, hopefully there's more years to come with you guys and, you know, we can keep being Asian together. <laughs> well, enjoy this recap. And if you have anything else you want to, you know, get in contact us with, you know, head over to our Facebook page or Instagram page. Our communication line is always open for suggestions. So yeah, we'll chat to you guys there. Let's take a live look now outside. Ladies and gentlemen of America. Ariana Grande licked and spit on the merchandise. There can be a hundred people in the room. <laughs> Lady Britney alone. Catch me outside. How about that? Rise and shine. China. 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 So when I think about WeChat aunties, I actually think about your mum, Tom, because you're always telling me how she constantly forwards you messages on WhatsApp and WeChat. <laughs> oh my gosh, do not get me started. <laughs> and usually the information is just like, you know, eat, eat a garlic or eat an onion to prevent the coronavirus or like, you know, hang, stay away from this place because the, someone there has the virus. Um, but I really want to know, how's your mom dealing with, you know, all the coronavirus news? Look, living with my mom isn't bad, but living with my mom who uses WeChat is terrible. <laughs> the reason why, I don't understand, whoever forward these messages to my mom, can you please not? <laughs> like, the messages that you do forward, it's not helpful, it's not truthful. But for those who don't actually don't know what a WeChat auntie is, according to Urban Dictionary, it is a bunch of middle-aged women that mass send out articles and long-ass messages to every friend and relative they can possibly find about the latest cancer, including foods, widespreading pandemics, or warning them that if their kid uses Snapchat, there might certainly be a drug dealer over the apps like WeChat or WhatsApp. So there are some messages that my mom has received, which I'm just going to read out now. Wait, hold on. Can you do this in your mom's voice? Doing my mom's voice. <laughs> yeah, because I can, I can just hear your mom's voice during in these messages. <laughs> Let's get the... Wait, let me get my mom instead. Cut up the onion and place around the house for the bacteria to be absorbed by the onion. Everyone must eat one boy egg every day. To prevent yourself from getting sick from the coronavirus. When pumping petrol, make sure you wear disposable glove. Paper towel cannot. Make sure you rinse your throat with salt water. 
before and after leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my mom. What about your mom? What does your mom receive on WhatsApp? Oh, usually with my mom. So my mom, she actually can't read um, because she dropped out of school like in year five, year six or whatever. Mm. So most of her conversations are voice memos or voice messages and she'll forward, forward them to us. And usually it's like, I've heard from a friend of a friend who knows a friend who works in parliament. <laughs> who said that <laughs> we're going to have stage four restrictions by tomorrow. And then <laughs> she's like, we have to start preparing now, start buying stuff and start doing this. And like, I'm just like, mom, like, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend who works at a friend who knows a friend who's a cousin of a friend, that's not a reliable source of information. But I just find it really interesting because, you know, like the way our parents receive information is completely different to how we, you know, get our information. Mm. As we are receiving information, the first thing we do is Google it to see where the source is coming from. But these aunties, and why is it not uncles? That's a bit of a weird question. Like, it's only aunties, right? <laughs> but these aunties are <laughs> taking these information that their friends sent to them and taking it at face value. But do you, do you, what do you think goes through your mom's head, like, when she's reading this information? Do you think she even questions any part of it? Or is it she just takes it at face value? No, she takes that at face. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but honestly, half of the stuff that she does sense to me, I'm like, really? Like, who wrote this stuff? And I think it's because in a previous episode when we were speaking to Jenny, she mentioned that Asians are afraid to die. So when you receive an, an information, for them, it's like the Holy Bible. It is the word from God. Drinking hot water will kill the coronavirus. And obviously, being in the Asian community, we want to look after one another. So we need to get this information out to the world. <laughs> and I think it's because, you know, like our parents are... are not used to like questioning things especially when you know like when you get information from the government for example or the news media you don't question it and you just kind of absorb it at face value mm. why don't people just think twice if you receive a message that says drink bleach it will help you i mean hello yeah i think i just think you know desperate times call for desperate needs mm, that's true yeah i just think i think more companies like facebook and stuff should do more to i guess correct that information and like make sure that there's not any false information going out so then mm. yeah and if someone's telling you to drink bleach or you get a weird message on whatsapp to do something that sounds a bit questionable please don't do it well i, I when i was on x factor i had so many people tell me uh, or like even afterwards, they're like, hey, Dami, I didn't want to tell you this before, but we thought you should win, but we thought you're not going to win because Australia is not ready for a nation winner. Mm, that's yep. true. Yep. You know, yeah. but then I did. Yeah, you and did. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> there you go. Like people still supported me and I'm Asian and like that, I guess things are changing yeah. slowly. That's true. Yeah. Do you ever read Twitter comments, Twitter trolls? Because when you're on the show... Especially after you won, um, a lot of people are saying you shouldn't have won because you're Asian. <sighs> this is Australia, X Factor, whatever. Yeah. Do you ever read those comments or? Yeah, I read everything. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't. Do you ever? How do you feel after reading those comments? Like, do you just put them aside or? Well, uh, sometimes it was frustrating because they'd be like, oh, why is a Chinese singer winning the Australian <laughs> oh X Factor? I'm like, yeah. dude, like, at least get the facts right. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and like there, there were like rumors that like oh all the people in her country voted for her i'm like no sorry like <laughs> i wish they do but no one cares like it's expensive <laughs> to vote from korea <laughs> exactly. man exactly <laughs> and like i think koreans yeah not many koreans actually voted because they're cheap <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> i would get like 
three auditions a year. It'll be stuff for like Dance Academy and like Make a Mermaid. So it was all good stuff. Like by the time I was leaving, they were kind of looking into more Asians. But it'll be like a very general, like, oh, it's okay. We'll start seeing everyone, but they'll still cast like a blonde hair person. But I remember in high school when I was applying for things, even for short films, it was like Caucasian, blue eyes, blonde hair. Like they would actually say Caucasian. Now, like audition things, they rarely ever say like Caucasians only. They would say like all ethnicities are welcome, which doesn't mean they're going to cast an ethnic person, but at least you get to audition. That's mm. true. And I was, one of your videos, you actually mentioned how you and this Sri Lanka girl were fighting for a Korean role. Oh my god. That gosh, was yeah. absolutely hilarious. So, could you explain that again? Well, I'm not even Korean, but it was like <laughs> it was like an educational film. So like looking back now, I was like, it wasn't even that good, but I like really wanted it. And I was like imagining myself getting the Oscars and everything. And then so we had three rounds and it was just to be like a kind of schoolgirl who got lost and got into a bit of trouble. The name was like, it was a very Korean name. Um, and then at the very last round it was me and her and I told my mom I was like okay so I've got this because even the parents name are super Korean I was like they're not going to change it just because of like they're casting someone else really dumb of me and then this other girl who was a Caucasian who was reading alongside me for another role and she kept forgetting her lines she was like all over the place she was older than me so I think she just had like a lot more going on and then none of us got the role and then they offered me like a tiny bit part and it was just like a one-day shoot and I got there and I was like, who's this character? Because the character name changed. And she walked out and I was like, who are you? <laughs> and then the parents came out and they were white as well. And I was like, what? No, so they changed pretty much the whole race. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So I was kind of like, it wasn't because we were really, really bad. It, I guess she was like, I don't know what the directors had in mind or she did something that kind of sparked their interest. Like props to her for auditioning for one role and getting another one that was like bigger than her role. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great point to talk about the history of the Chinese language and how it's been, I guess, used by non-Asian people. And I'm not just pointing out Caucasian people here. I think a, a lot of people who aren't Asian use this in a mockery tone, like you said. And and I don't think it's to the scale of of like the N-word for black people, but but it's bad. Like, like if you think about it, all the times that we've grown up, a lot of people have yeah, said ching chong and like, yeah, mock mocked us with, with the Chinese language. And you don't have to identify as Chinese to feel offended when someone says that to you. It just automatically points out that you're different to people and that, and that you look like this sort of people, sort of group of people who, who aren't liked by the wider community and the, who, who like to, people like to mock and, and imitate. We did ask our listeners about what their experiences was with um, this situation. And so many of you guys have come out, to, come out to us saying that you experience the same microaggression on a daily basis. And one of the people that actually got in contact with us was um, friend of the pod and actress Jenny Zhao. So she was telling us about how there was a time when she was with her group of Asian friends and they were at a bar and she asked a Caucasian guy to take a photo. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll take a photo for you. So then he took her phone and then he was like, one, he like counting down one, two, three, say ni hao. And then, and then they're like, what? What's happening? And then he repeated it. He was like, say ni hao. And she was telling us at the time she didn't understand why she felt uncomfortable. But after her friend explained to her that what, how they look like and how they look different to everyone else in the bar. And then after she understood that it made her feel different, she got upset. And I think this is something that we all can relate. Like, have you, have you ever had an experience that was similar where someone's just said ni hao to you out of nowhere? Mm, it's just like, it just puts in that back 
it just kind of brings about that stereotype that all Asians look the same. Like, you can't, people can't identify any other Asian people except that we're all from China, you know. And there's nothing bad with China, so there's nothing bad to be associated with China, but it puts a bad taste in your mouth to be, to think that everybody who does have pale skin, black hair, and chinky eyes, and a flat nose, that we're all from the same island or the same country. 